0: Star. I don't have to hide If you're looking You won't find it Who's the enemy? Don't know what to believe Living in the shadows Living in the shadows Welcome everyone to another Starship Geek We are talking about the Netflix series Love Death and Robots. Now, Love, Death and Robots is in its third season, with a fourth one on the way. But that doesn't mean it's not a great time to go back the first season and take a peek at every single episode along the way. Now, the lovely thing about Love, Death and Robots is it's an anthology series. So every episode is its own thing. You don't really have to have watched any other one. There's only been one episode so far that has been a continuation of a previous episode. Everything else is brand new stories, and every single one of them are animated. A lot of different styles, a lot of different studios, and a lot of different genres as well. But that's what makes this great, is that because of the fact that it is such a wide scope, you can watch an episode And if you didn't like that one, the next one coming up might be more to your taste. It's been a series that I have enjoyed from the get-go, and I wanted to go back and take a look again and see how things went in the early seasons up until now. Now, the first season did take place before COVID, and the second season and the third season sort of dealt with the fallout of that, not on screen, but in terms of production. So, each one of these episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes long. They're short stories. And there's a lot that they have to do in a short amount of time. But I think that... I I don't think there's really been an episode that I haven't enjoyed, at least to some extent. And There's ones that I like better than others. And we're starting off with a doozy here. So, the first episode is entitled, Sunny's Edge. Sonny's Edge is adapted from a Peter F. Hamilton short story from a collection, Second Chance at Eden. I have not read the short story. As far as I have seen online, it looks like it is an entertaining story. But the adaptation here on Love, Death, and Robots seems to have taken the concept of Sunny's Edge and increased it to its max. The short story was adapted by Philip Galat.
1: Who is the main writer for
0: the series? And the animation studio on this one is Blur Studio in the United States. Blur Studio has done work on Avatar, South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Cut, and the title sequence for the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, as well as working on a bunch of different video games and other different uh, pro- uh, projects over the years. So, the cast for this one: Helen Sadler is Sunny, Hayley McLaughlin is Jennifer, Time Winters which is a fantastic name, Blaze Dicko, which is also a fantastic name, Omed Aptani uh, as Wes, Christine Adams as Ivrina, Hakeem K. Kazim as Simon, and Braden Lynch as the announcer. Sunny's Edge is listed as Episode 1, but has since been shuffled around and is now Episode 4 if you go on to the series on Netflix. I don't know why they decided to alter the, uh, the like the order of it on Netflix. I don't know if it was like a production thing or if they just decided that maybe it flowed better. I don't know. Either way, I'm going with the original listing of the episode order and not just on what Netflix has there. So each episode of Love, Death, and Robots has a logo which you can see on, on our show over here and it's uh, three different things: it's a heart it's an x and it's a robot face and each episode has those change uh, to match whatever is going on in the story and this one starts off with a heart an x and a snake we get a panning shot over a large futuristic city the camera follows along until we go to a warehouse where a guard flashes a uv light at the side of a truck and we see previously unseen designs show up, and the word Predators is written on the side. This truck is let through, and it backs up to a dock. One thing that is used to rate uh, just, like, fantastic results is the use of black lights and the, like, black light paint that is not only on the characters, but on the different items as well that does it give it a nice like underground feel of like oh it's a black light it's you know kind of a, a underground rave kind of thing but also it helps to once we kind of jack up the the intensity of the show all of those like vibrant colors and the backgrounds of what's going on is just uh, beautiful the drivers get out and a large container is removed from the truck the container is then brought into another room as wes is talking to ivrina so Wes, Ivrina, and then a third woman, who's kind of back more in the shadows, are our three uh, main technicians, I guess, for this thing that's in this uh, this container. Again, there's it's not really kind of spelled out completely. It's mo- Because of the fact that they only have, I think this episode is like 15 minutes, because they only have that short amount of time, there is a lot that you have to fill in yourself. So you don't get really much backstory into who these two are, other than the fact that They help out Sunny, who is our third uh, female with them. And Sunny is able to put her consciousness into this creature. And then this kind of underground facility here has these creatures fight. And there's a lot of questions that can be brought up about the sentience of these creatures they're okay with fighting to the death considering that they have you know essentially people take them, take them over but Wes and Ivrina are like the, the they make sure that Sunny is able to transport her conscience into this thing and they kind of support her Wes claims that the link is now good and Ivrina says that the latest what were update has cleared up any glitches Kind of wanted to see what kind of glitches were happening, but it seems like it's just sort of world-building. Wes runs into a burly dude as an old man with a cane walks up behind him, and this is Dicko. He claims that this evening's entertainment sessions have become very popular, hence the need for more security. Dicko tells Arthur, the guard, to pay Wes for supplying the creature in the container. Dicko takes a peek and remarks how impressive he is, as Sunny corrects him that it is indeed a female. The old man requests that the woman loses. a She says that she doesn't take a dive and doesn't lose on purpose. She is unique in that she is the only female pilot for the best beasties. Dickel claims that must be her edge, that women fight better than men. But he offers her $500,000 to drop the fight, and Sunny as they walk away, Ivrina gives the backstory outside. A year ago, an estate game snatched her up, and when they were done with her, they proceeded to start cutting chunks off of her and started to carve uh, different things into her body just to, you know, show exactly what they thought of her. And now, every time she gets into one of the, the creatures and gets to the ring, she's cutting up the men who did this to her Sunny, Ivrina, and Wes take an elevator up. And then they slow walk down the hallway. And as they're walking, they step into a black light. And we see that they are also decorated with the vibrant colors and uh, images all over them. It's a really cool effect. There's uh, a fantastic music playing in the background of this. It's, it's a very badass moment. Uh, and it sets the stage for what we're about to see. They walk out onto a platform and in front of a crowd. Another man walks out on the platform across from them and says that uh, Sunny is going to go down and then insinuates that she will blow him. Wes asks Sunny, are you okay in there? Which is the first clue to our uh, surprise ending here. Sunny removes her jacket as she prepares. The announcer steps out to hype the crowd and uh, talks about the fight that we're about to see. Wes starts up the Affinity Link and sends Sunny's consciousness into the creature from the container. And the announcer brings out Sunny's creature, Carnivore. So Carnivore is definitely a very feminine-looking monster. Uh, it has a very long tail with a blade on the end of it. And the head is also, uh, it, it looks almost xenomorph-like, but it has a, a, like a horn to it, like a point to it. Her opponent is Turboraptor. Turboraptor is more of like a troll-like creature. It's just a big, boxy, but very humanoid-looking thing. And then the announcer we see is actually a hologram, as it flickers off as the fight starts. Sunny knocks Raptor against the ball and starts to quickly scratch and claw away at it. She chucks Raptor again and then tries to hit him with her tail, but he catches it and chucks her against the wall. He starts punching Sunny in the face, and as she charges at him, she grows more tendrils from her back and uses them to leap over him. She starts stabbing him repeatedly with them and brings Raptor to his knees, and then Sunny rips the creature's arm off. Raptor gets up, and we see that underneath the arm that she just ripped off is a very large blade. He then uses the blade to cut off the tips of Sunny's tendrils, and then stabs her in the stomach. She's got her up against the wall, and it looks like she's about to die when then she grabs onto Raptor and shoves her entire face into his neck. He drops to the ground, and she rips its head clean off and raises it to the sky as the crowd starts chanting Connivore. It's difficult to do action. It's even more difficult when you are literally creating something from scratch. And the sequence that they do here is just picture perfect. You really start to feel for Sonny's creature, and we've only seen it for two minutes, maybe. Like, that's impressive. After the fight, the three of them head backstage as Sonny sees the woman who was with Dickel from before. The woman, whose name is Jennifer goes back to where they are storing carnivore, and Sunny steps up behind her. She asks her why she's with Dicko, and the woman says, for security. She asks if Jennifer has ever thought about leaving Dicko, and she replies, yes, all the time, but she can't. She says that she envies Sunny, and walks up to her. She leans in to kiss her, but then taps the container, which lights up showing carnivore inside. Sunny walks behind the woman and hugs her from behind roughly. She kisses her neck and turns her around. The woman asks her about the gang that raped her. This is not the most sexy topic to move on to, but I suppose when you're trying to distract Sunny, it's the best way to do it. Jennifer drops her dress down and invites Sunny over to her. They kiss the woman, touches the scar on Sunny's back, and then suddenly her nails extend, going up through Sunny's chin and out the top of her skull. She drops her to the ground as Dicko walks up and calls Sonny a silly little girl. Jennifer stomps on Sunny's skull, but as she does, we see that Sunny is maybe a little bit more than just a normal woman. As there's a couple of electronic devices that fall out of her. Sunny coughs out that she's just a bunch of wires attached to a spine. And we see the speaker off of Carnivore's tank comes to life with Sunny's voice. And she says, The night Wes and Everina found her, they rescued the body, but they had to do something to keep her alive. Her edge is that every time she's in the ring, she's fighting for her life. That fear is her edge. One of Carnivore's tendrils shoots out and blows the woman's face off and then our grabs Dicko and asks him are you scared now? as we cut to black. I love this reveal and this is why I still think this episode should be the first one and not shuffle to the fourth one like it is now for some reason because it sets the stage so much for the series because you have an entire story turns you on your head with the fact that like oh yes she may walk around in her old body but it most of the time she is in carnivore and the link that we have is actually her linking into her own body so they just shut down the link and she's in carnivore from then on but yeah it was great it was another this was the first instance of Watching one of these episodes and being like, I want to watch more of this. I want to see more of this story. It was a great story. It had an awesome surprise ending. It had beautiful uh, production on it. And the the animation behind it was just top-notch. But I was I, I really wanted to see more in, in this in this story, and, and they haven't done anything with it since then, and they probably won't. But I I really loved it. I enjoyed it so much, and uh, I couldn't have been happier to have this be like the first episode that I watched again, coming back because it was so good. Definitely one of the high points for the first season. Uh, I'll probably give like a, a a ranking at the end of the season of which ones. I liked best, and which ones maybe not so much. But it's really hard to say that there's anything I dislike. But we'll see, because I am watching this now a couple years after I've watched it the first time. But that was the first episode of Love, Death, and Robots. Sunny's Edge. Of course, if you have Netflix, you can watch the entire season, and you can watch season two and season three as well get ready for season four, which we don't have a release date for yet. But because uh, these things take time, obviously animation takes a lot longer than just filming something. So with that, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.